Welcome to Shadow Dominatrix, the podcast. I'm your host, Lois St. Germain. On this show, you can expect to learn all about what makes you tick as we use human design, shadow work, and step into the taboo dom sub world to answer the inner call to become a turned on, unfuckwithable woman of wealth and personal power to become a shadow dominatrix. I promise you it will be liberating, spicy, and certainly kinky, but one thing it will never be, and that's vanilla. Welcome, my friends. This week, I want to dive deeper into self-awareness. I've shared with my text membership group, the Inner Power Portal, like I've been going through some shit and it is helping me to see all of the places that I am not quite as self-aware as I would prefer to be, meaning I'm still projecting onto other people things about myself that I don't want to look at. Um, I'm still triggered by things. I have been avoiding tough conversations and like all the stuff, all the stuffs that I talk about here on the podcast or in the podcast. And I wanted to share like one of the biggest things that has come up for me in the past few weeks is all around self-awareness, and learning how to allow the parts of me or us that we don't necessarily love, right? And I know we talk about this all the time and we talk about shadow work and I just want to share it based on um, recent experiences and see if it resonates with you. So like we, I want to like think about, I was reading something, I believe someone was talking about strengths and weaknesses um, and shadows, right? They're all labels that prevent us from seeing ourselves as whole, right? Whenever we think about having a weakness or having a shadow, even having a strength, right? implies that there's an opposite available to us as well. And instead of just embracing what is, we tend to um, limit ourselves, right? So like, I'm fascinated by our belief that we're supposed to be all good or or have like no bad parts, right? The the end game is perfection in the mind of a human, which is not true, right? Or we redefine the word perfection to mean well-rounded, whole, right? We're always talking about the wholeness that we already are and the 100% worthy that we already are, yet we continue to try to air quote fix ourselves in order to be 
that actual perfect version, right? So, like, we're designed to be whole and complete, right? Which includes the characteristics that we label as flawed or weakness or shadow aspects of ourselves, right? And the great Katie Byron taught us that the key to happiness and peace is accepting what is. And I was also um, listening to the Tao of Pooh on um, on the back patio this morning. And I found it interesting that when you look at the characters in the Winnie the Pooh series, we have Eeyore who frets all the time, right? Oh, bother. We have Piglet who hesitates all the time. Owl who pontificates and Rabbit who calculates, but Pooh just is, right? He just says what is. It's as if he doesn't have shadow aspects or flaws, or he hasn't labeled them as such. He has those things within him, but he doesn't see that as a negative in any way. Right. So what does it actually mean to be self-aware? I believe it means that we accept every piece of us as a piece of a puzzle that in order to be complete has to be there. And I was thinking, like, what if we could become so self-aware that we understand who we are, why we do the things we do, and how we interact with others, right? I feel like the ultimate goal, at least for me, um, is always to be operating from conscious choice and not from conditioning or from shadow unconsciousness. And the only way to do this is to be fully aware and conscious of our conditioning, our traumas, be they big T, little T, doesn't matter, flaws, weaknesses, strengths, etc. Like it's to be fully aware and conscious of every aspect of ourselves that exists within us. And I don't know that we'll ever get there before we die, but... The important thing for me is to expose as much of that as possible so that I can use it to my benefit, right? I have to know that they exist, all of these flaws, weaknesses, strengths, whatever, and how they play out in order to utilize them consciously. Because ignoring or hiding or resisting all of the avoidance ings, right, doesn't allow me, you, us, to make conscious choices with regard to how and when they show up. So, and don't confuse this with controlling them. That's not the key. That's not the uh, the object, right? Or the, that's not the, yeah, no, I don't know. Whatever word I'm trying to say. Um, 
controlling them or thinking that I can, right, without acknowledgement and acceptance is just a lie. Like we talked about um, a few weeks back on the podcast, we're operating from a lie or starting from a lie. It's just a lie that I tell myself in order to further avoid looking at them, witnessing them, acknowledging them, accepting them, integrating them into my conscious life, right? To me, like self-awareness is like a giant contract with yourself or ourselves that put all of the cards on the table. And by the way, through this process, you create massive amounts of self-trust that you can use from this point forward. But when we're unwilling to witness or see or even just ignorant to who we are in our totality, those parts of us, let's just call them shadows for the rest of this podcast, right? The flaws, any weaknesses, whatever. I'm just going to refer to it as shadow at this point because, you know, I am the shadow dominatrix. So it's only fitting that we use that, right? When we don't address our shadows from a conscious level, they eventually become someone else's problem to manage. Now, I know that you've been with me long enough to know that that's not even possible, right? To make someone else responsible for your emotions or your shadows, but it doesn't prevent our unconscious from doing what it can to make the recipient think that it is true, right? And to lie to ourselves about it being true. Like if Joe would only behave I would not be triggered and I would feel good about myself, right? It's not Joe's job to not trigger me. It's my job to address why that is happening and fix it within me. So our unconscious will protect our shadows or not protect, sorry. It will project our shadows onto external things and people, right? Especially people. And we can clearly see the flaws in others that we're unwilling to see within ourselves, right? Another reason why I do so much work with triggers is this is just, a trigger is just an outward projection of a shadow that we are resisting to look at. And we make the very thing we despise or are afraid of within ourselves the biggest thing we see in others. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples, right? One, I haven't figured out the root cause of this one, yet I know it exists. So I have not cracked the code here yet as to why I am so overly bothered by other people's disregard, even that word, right? I have to sneak that in there. It's a little passive aggressive, but that's the trigger in me, right? Their disregard for my time, 
canceled meetings, showing up late, even rescheduling a meeting at what I deem is short notice. And that can vary depending on who you are and how many times you've done it. Like it could be short notice could be a week if something's been on the book for a month, right? Or short notice could be 10 minutes before the meeting's supposed to start if it's, you know, if you haven't triggered me in this way in the past. So it's all variable. And the recipient has no idea of what the rules are in my head, right? The manual that I have for how they are supposed to act so that I don't get triggered by this time trigger that I have. Um, But yeah, all of that time stuff sends me into a tizzy and it's usually laced with explicatives. Is that a word? Explicatives? I think so. Um, In other words, lots of uh, F word adjectives and adverbs and lots of pacing. I love to pace when I'm in a tizzy. (laughs) So how do I normally deal with triggers? Like I feel like it's, there's five steps and the first one is seeing that it's even happening, right? Most of people are oblivious to the fact that we're projecting onto Joe right, to make us feel good about ourselves based on how he behaves and what words he says to me. Um, So seeing it happen. The second thing is recognizing that it's not them and it's me. Sorry, Joe. I know that it's me having the problem, not you. The third is regulating my response or your response to a more appropriate level. And that's where I am with this time trigger. I know it exists now and I've stopped making it be the other person's problem. If they have to reschedule, they're thinking about their schedule or whatever, right? Something came up, whether it's justified or not in my mind is irregardless is ear. I'm having a really hard time with words today. Um, It doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, Then the next step, like for me, especially is in this situation is understanding and seeing the actual root cause of it. I have not figured out why this bothers me so much and where I'm actually doing it or to whom I'm doing it including myself, maybe. Um, Yeah, I just haven't figured it out yet. I don't know. And then the fifth is to decondition and heal the root cause, right? So anytime you have a trigger, that's kind of the step, the flow of getting to the root cause and then healing it so that it's no longer a trigger for you. And I'll give you another example, one that I have actually overcome for the most part. (laughs) And this one's kind of silly and fun. And it's with regard to my cooking, right? I've labeled myself a good cook. And by that, that definition, the manual is means, I mean, um, people, especially my husband, should at least like, but mostly I want him to love everything that I make. But sometimes he uses 
labels like nasty. Or he has this annoying habit of saying, this tastes funny. (laughs) He does this thing and it kills me. He goes, what's in this? What's that taste? What is that? And he is probably just trying to figure out what's in there. But it used to like make me explode. I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter. Just eat it. It's delicious. And he's like, I didn't say it wasn't good. I'm just trying to figure out what it is. Right. And now I just laugh at him and shake my head. But for a long time, it drove me crazy because I took it as 100% a personal attack on me, my label, my title of good cook, and my worth, right? Somehow, you liking what I cook is entangled with my sense of value and self-worth. Right. It's like uh, predicated on worthiness, I guess, and the good girl shadow. Right. So, like I said, I've kind of I've stopped overreacting. I know the root cause of it um, and I'm healing. (laughs) I think the heal might take a while as long as he keeps using negative um, labels with it. But instead of getting pissed off, like I used to do, right. I recognize that it's the little girl in me who is seeking validation for her hard work, for her creativity and her worthiness. And I'm able to speak to her and let her know it's okay. We're safe just because he doesn't like it, right? There is no imminent danger in him not liking the fact that I accidentally put cilantro on his beef stroganoff instead of parsley um, or anything, right, that I make that he just doesn't prefer. And I think it's the language that he uses that sends me off, right? If he said, wow, you know, I just don't prefer the taste of this or, yeah, I I don't really care for this. I think it would come across differently to me than, what's this? What is that? (laughs) Um, Anyway, I wanted to illustrate to you that these triggers are just an internal alert system that points you to the area within yourself that you haven't acknowledged or accepted yet. And the sooner you can do so, the faster, the sooner you'll no longer be bothered by this unresolved or conditioned response. When we get to the point of recognizing what's causing the trigger and healing it, it makes it a viable option for us to consciously choose or not choose in the moment. When we haven't gotten to that point, our overreaction, our over-response to something is an unconscious, conditioned response 
that we kind of have no control over because it's coming from inside and we don't even know it exists. So lots of times we think it's the other person, right? Like I do. I think he has really horrible taste buds. and I, I can't change that. It's not my fault. Right? So when we think about how we see ourselves in other people, right? You guys know I'm a reflector in the human design modality, and my profile is a 5-1, which all you need to know about that is that it's all about projection from others, and I project as well, but mainly other people project onto me. So I'm basically a walking trigger mirror for others. And that's why so many people think I'm unapproachable because the first thing they see in me is themselves. And it's probably the parts of themselves that they're kind of afraid of or don't like, right? But in reality, we're all mirrors for others and they for us because that's what those triggers are, right? It's the mirrored reflection of what's really inside of us that we haven't been able to see yet. So don't be afraid of your shadows and stop applying negative connotation to any of your characteristics. Think about the difference. Like, let's go back to our food example with my husband. Him saying, you know, I don't really care for this. I'm sure it's good, right? Because clearly me, I'm loving it. So it's not that it's bad. But if he would say, hey, I just don't care for this. My taste buds, it doesn't work, right? Versus this is nasty or what's in this? It would have a whole different meaning to me right? And I may have been able to accept it and move through it quicker. I don't know. Um, But I do know that anytime we are applying connotation of any kind, good and or positive and negative, it takes us out of what is. And mainly, right, we always focus, we're here to do shadow work, we're here in the shadow dungeon, if you will, um, we're going to look at the negative connotation more than the positive. Once you get that, then we shift to the positive connotation too and realize that it might be over-exaggerating things to the good side, which is causing us also to not work on it. But that's a whole other podcast, right? It's this negative connotation that is actually causing your struggle. It's not the trait itself that you have, but the connotation applied to it that you're making it mean. Shadow work is only scary when you label it as scary, right? Otherwise, it's just what it is. And those of us that fully embrace our shadow aspects don't find it frightening at all. In fact, we find it liberating because it shows us more and more of who we are and it allows us to be fully that version of us 
without shame or guilt. We become more and more self-aware, which allows us to interact with others at higher and higher levels. And this is the goal, my friends. It's time to become uber self-aware. Until next week. If you'd like to continue to play in the dark, I'd love to have you join me inside the Inner Power Portal text membership, where we dive deep into all things human design, shadowy, and mentally kinky. We expand and push the limits of our edges all within the safety of a two-way text portal. If you're ready for the depth, join me at text.shadowdom.com. That's text, T-E-X-T, dot, shadow, S-H-A-D-O-W, D-O-M-M-E, dot com. I can't wait to see you on the inside.